0: Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. I'm Richard Byram and joining me on the line again as usual this week is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter's the Chief Rugby League Writer for the Yorkshire Evening Post. And having spent several weeks saying that we haven't had a lot to talk about this week, it's certainly changed. Four big news stories coming out of Rugby League this week. The main one, obviously, the bombshell decision by Toronto Wolfpack to pull out of this season's Super League competition... And then, on the back of that, the decision regarding the remainder of the season in the League One and Championship competitions, and obviously, earlier in the week, we'd had the new League fixtures announced and Challenge Cup fixtures announced, and then finally today, Tuesday, the World Cup fixtures. So there's plenty to get through there, Peter, I think you'll agree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right.
1: Um, Rugby League is back. And uh, creating all the wrong sorts of headlines,
0: yeah. as well with um, with Toronto's departure. I think that's the big, the biggest news
1: story. Um, the, I think the first thing to say about it is very, very depressing, isn't it? It's um, it's a a bad news story for the sport. Toronto came in with um, a, a big fanfare. And six games into their Super League career, we're not sure what their their future's going to hold. And I, I don't think it's particularly surprising um, it's obviously that the virus has hit everybody hard. But particularly Toronto, um, they don't get central funding. They've not had the option of putting players on furlough. They haven't had any home games so far this year, and, and weren't going to be able to stage. Any this year, so I don't think it's a, a huge shock really that they've they've had such big problems. On the other hand, they did spend a fortune on Sonny Bill Williams, which, in publicity terms, was probably decent value for money, but in rugby terms, hasn't been. Um, what one of the, the strange things is we, we've known there've been rumours going around the sport for for months about um, Toronto players not being paid or being paid late but they've still been signing people they signed callum watkins yeah during the um, the coronavirus break we understand that richie Myer and stevie ward were heading there next season obviously don't know what's going to happen to that along with some other fairly high profile signings they've been looking at ryan hall from um, from the roosters in in the nrl um So, while they've not been able to afford to carry on this season or to play the players on time, they've been recruiting for next season, which leaves a a little bit of a a sour taste. Um, The late decision to pull out uh, less than two weeks before their, their opening game is unfortunate. The fixtures have already been published for the rest of the season. We don't know what the implications are going to be, presumably... Their results, their six games so far, will be expunged from the record, which will hit Leeds Rhinos harder than most. They Their last game in March was a 66-12 win
0: over Toronto, so Leeds' are gonna, points difference will take a little
1: bit of a hit there. Um, we also don't know what's going to happen to the Challenge Cup, whether their opponents in the next round would get a bye or whether... Huddersfield Giants would be reinstated. The, the thing about that is um, Toronto would use to play Newcastle, yeah. who we don't know whether they'll be competing now because their low divisions have been cancelled for the rest of the season. So I suppose the alternative, do you, with, do you um, reinstate Huddersfield in Toronto's place, then Huddersfield, having lost in their opening match, would suddenly find themselves in the quarterfinals. Yeah. <laughs> um, because uh, presumably Newcastle won't be able to play. So it's all very, very complicated. Um, and what's going to happen next year? Obviously, we've heard that there's going to be no relegation from Super League. Well, we've done that, realistically, for quite some time. But what happens to Toronto? Having not fulfilled the fixtures this year, I think it'll be very hard for them to stay in Super League next year. So then, is Super League going to run with an eleven-team competition? There's such a lot to, to be decided and to wade through with this, but it's just a, it's a very sad situation. I think it's disappointing that a lot of people seem to be celebrating Toronto's failure. Um, there's Shard and Freud coming in in there, but it it can't be a good thing. For such a high-profile club as Toronto to um, to go out of business, if that's what happens, um, it's a another blow to to rugby league's expansion hopes. Where it will leave the sport in North America, which is obviously an area that people have been talking about as a, a development area, we don't know. Um, Toronto may continue next year, may not. Who who knows? It's going to leave a lot of players without a club, players who thought they got the future sorted out for next year, are going to be back to square one. So there's, there's going to be a lot of repercussions about this and it's going to drag on for quite some
0: time, I think. It is. I mean, that the first thing that struck me yesterday, uh, above all other than obviously the sad news of Toronto's demise, was, was the fact that, just as Ruby League seemed to have sorted itself out and got a plan ready to come back this season and, uh, you know, games lined up and the TV companies behind them and everybody raring to go. Once again, it was all over the place for the wrong reasons, which was another club running into trouble and in a sort of revolutionary area for the sport, as you've said, over in North America, where they were trying to spread the word and it was trending on Twitter and you just think, once again, unfortunately for Rugby League, the bad news has outweighed any of the good and and all that's come to the fore. Uh, the first I kind of saw of it yesterday was when I think Toronto had asked Super League for a £200,000 loan to help them fulfil their fixtures in the UK this year uh, for the reasons that you've outlined, the fact that they can't play in Canada and the fact that they have to stay over here and take the tests. And in effect... Playing without getting any revenue, and the club said no to that. And then soon after that came the statement saying, Well, we're we're going to withdraw from the competition, Um, but we're going to guarantee all wages and salary staff, which, which of course they should. But it smacked almost as if, Well, we're not going to pay that little bit extra to help you. So if you're not going to help us, we'll just walk away completely. And then we had you know, pretty much on the coattails of that Featherstone Rovers saying that they would like to take uh, Toronto's place in Super League, which I can understand them wanting to do, but it, it seemed very hasty, you know, almost like somebody passing away and you, going round to the house and asking for their suit, you know, it was, a, it was a, you know it's very unseemly that. And, you know, as you say then, the other thing, of course, they've signed Sonny Bill for £5 million. You know, again, a great publicity coup. But in terms of what you're going to get out of him at from rugby, at this stage in his career, probably not a lot other than the publicity, and then signing other players as well. So and then kind of saying, well, we won't play net this year, but we'll be back next year if that's okay, and just a a real mess again, and you know, messes up the Super League and, and the eleven clubs, and if the divisions below aren't going to play, how do you get somebody? Up into the top division and the mess with the Challenge Cup again. Now, fair enough. That was ironically the one game they won, wasn't it, against Huddersfield? They lost the league games, but you know, they they won a, against Huddersfield at a time when I, I would have sort of been my outside tip for the Cup. Huddersfield, you know, I thought they might have targeted that this year, but anyway, Toronto won that game, and now it leaves us with a, another conundrum. Do Huddersfield come back or? Do Newcastle get the buy, or do Newcastle say, well, we're not bothered because we're not coming back this season ourselves and on and on it goes. And, you know, it just seems a real shame. Um, you know, we're looking for the game to expand. Somebody suggested yesterday maybe having a, trying to build some kind of North American competition where, you know, the teams over there could play each other and then maybe feed into Super League one day as well as a, as a, as a separate division. Which may be something that's that's possible in the future, but uh, you know, Toronto. The, the other thing that kind of bugs me about them is they keep complaining about they're on a different playing field to the rest of the competition. But that's the one they signed up to originally, wasn't it? That they wouldn't take any broadcast money, that they would finance teams to go over there and play them, and that they would uh, cover all the costs of their own team. So then to... I think that's
1: a I think that's a very valid point. Rich, yeah, that they they knew the situation when they, they signed up for it. And I think any club under the situation they faced would have struggled. Yeah, with obviously they don't have access to the the government handout that that the English clubs have had. They can't put players on on furlough. They've gone agreed to go in without central funding. Um, having said all that. You know, the, I think the competition it, it does offer something a little bit extra when you've got Toronto in it. I mean, there's a, a television deal coming up for negotiation, and I would think the TV deal is worth more with, with Toronto yes. playing. Um, so it's, it's just a really difficult subject. I mean, obviously, it leads on to the, the situation with the Championship and League One, who announced having had a, a meeting an RFL board meeting on Monday, shortly after the Toronto situation was announced. We heard that um, League One and the Championship won't be returning this year, but there is going to be a voluntary competition in the autumn, October to November, I believe, for the Championship and Lower Division Championship League One clubs with a £200,000 prize pot. Now, you, you might say, well, would the £200,000 have been better spent helping Toronto fulfil this this season? Um, it's obviously going to be difficult for for League One and Championship clubs to come back in October and then um, for a, what's going to be a, a, around about an eight-week season. Um I what what is that going to offer for to yeah. you know perhaps Toronto's continued participation would have been a a, a much more desirable outcome um you mentioned Featherstone. I, I, i'm in credit to them for for sticking their hand up it's good publicity for them i don't suppose that they realistically think it's it's going to happen that they're going to be able to um Coming and take over Toronto's fixtures in, in Super League um, first and as we speak have put out statement saying they're very upset that the championship has been scrapped for this season, that's entirely understandable they've um, spent big on a push for Super League and they've been doing particularly well, they've won all the games this year and looking like a team that, that could mount a promotion bid On the other hand, we've we've spoken about this numerous times on this programme. A lot of clubs in the low divisions just didn't see a, a future for this season, particularly with the prospect of having to play behind closed doors. It just wasn't financially viable for them. So whatever the decision was, it was going to upset some clubs. I mean, I think... Thank goodness they've made a decision. It's been put off and put off and put off. But the RFL showed some leadership and made a decision. Um, Clearly, it's going to find favour with some clubs and upset others. Um, But the 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 sort of the glow that was was there about having some rugby back in less than two weeks' time certainly um, it's taken some of the gloss off it hasn't it there's, there's yeah. going to be a lot, a lot more wrangling over the next uh, the next few weeks I'm afraid understandable we, we knew there was going to be whatever happened there was going to be some winners and some losers nobody was going to be entirely satisfied and, and that's uh, that's how it's proved I'm afraid
0: yeah I mean it was a it was a mad night at work last night and I was working on the Yorkshire Post last night doing the rugby league page and the page must have changed three or four times as more and more of this news came out and the news about the relegation the decision not to restart the league one and championship seasons almost smacked of uh, a good day to very bad news uh, you know on the back of the Toronto thing get it all out there at once and uh, you know take the sour medicine and then uh, bounce back today with a positive announcement regarding the World Cup which we'll come on to shortly uh, but I'm assuming that this uh, Voluntary competition for the autumn is in the hope that some crowds may be allowed back into grounds by then. I'd be honest, that would pass me by a little bit. But it does seem, as you were suggesting, Peter, that the 200k that's been put up for that would have perhaps been better, you know, even if it was loaned to Toronto until better days, just to get them through this period on the understanding that maybe they hadn't, you know, two years or three years to pay it back in instalments or whatever, once they were back on their feet and back playing at home and able to generate some funds. Uh, you know, to say this lopsided competition that's coming back. I know uh, on that page last night, our colleague Dave Craven had interviewed Tony Smith and he was saying how Hull-KR had lost two of their games now in August, because they should have been playing Toronto twice, because the reflect. I think the fixture list was reflecting the thing you suggested the other week where, the big games would be held back until later in the season. So they were hoping to get games like like that of maybe lesser interest TV-wise out of the way now. And, uh, again, Tony Smith was saying that a lot of the problems with Toronto didn't surprise him because he'd heard, you know, stories from players and, and people in the game that there were issues regarding late payment of salaries and so on. And... Um, Obviously, his sympathies were largely with the players who were going to be affected. Um, but I think, you know, the competition for October, it seems a bit of a strange one that people would be doing nothing from March until then and then playing a mini tournament and then going back into storage until the new year or whenever the new season starts again. I mean, it doesn't, it's a right, maybe a, a good gesture on paper, but I don't think it's a particularly practical one. and. You can't see player, uh, many clubs, really, I don't think, being up for that, particularly if they didn't feel they had much chance of winning the money either.
1: Well, it'll be interesting to see how they, they divvy
0: up the, the prize pot. But yeah. Clubs, obviously, 200 grand is, is a lot of money in rugby league terms, and clubs who think
1: that they've got a chance of winning it will, will compete. But, you know, you wonder whether... As I mentioned earlier, whether that money would have been better spent on making sure Super league um, continues as a, a twelve team competition, and we have Toronto in there and they can they can fulfill the fixtures yeah the the big question now is what obviously, as we said, what happens to Toronto for um for next season, will the club want to carry on? if they do carry on, will they carry on as a super league club if they don't continue as a super league club? What happens to the championship, or indeed League One? Should they be relegated down that far? Um, what happens to Super League? Can Super League go ahead in 2021 as an 11-team competition? Um, so a lot, a lot to sort out there. Um, I, do, I do have, I do have sympathy for for Toronto and the, the people. In Canada, who've who've taken to the game, and um, obviously the staff, yeah, and um, and the players who've who've signed up there. It's not it's not their fault. The situation has um, has arisen. I don't think anybody really has come out with a, a great deal of credit. The other clubs, um, Toronto themselves, anybody. It's it's just such a shame. Rugby league seems to have these. Storms every now and then. When we look like we're going to put roots down in in a new area, um, initially it's successful and it all all goes support very quickly. The Crusaders situation not so long ago yep. when they came in into Super League, um,
0: originally based in Bridge End, then moved north to Wrexham. There was that famous night, the night you covered when. Yes. Um, when Leeds played there in the snow and you forgot your coat. Um, They're putting a statue up for that, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was in front of a
0: a 10,000 crowd. Yes, it was, yeah. It was a huge crowd. Yeah, it was 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 an incredible night, the atmosphere and everything was superb.
1: Things quickly went sour then and and everybody will remember that um, Crusaders were going to be granted a licence to continue in Super League and actually on the morning of the announcement Pulled out and said that they they couldn't continue as a Super League club, which was a reprieve for Wakefield. I remember being in, in the car park at Wakefield when everybody had, had been locked out. Um, we were told that they were going to listen to the announcement of um, the announcement of licences behind closed doors, and then we the media would be let in for a sombre. Um, press statement about what was gonna happen and, and suddenly the doors were thrown out and one would tell, Come in, come in yeah. <laughs> We've been saved. Um so that I mean that wasn't again, that was another another fiasco really. You would have thought that by this, the morning of licences <laughs> being announced that people in the sport would know what was going on, but, but they didn't. Um, yeah. So that was another expansion club which came to nothing, although they're, they're still going at um, at the third tier level. Gates said everybody remembers that, that. There were some high hopes there, and, and there was a so-called merger with Hull, which effectively saved Hull, but um, left Gates said as a, as a third-tier team, They've now become Newcastle and've got some money behind them and some ambition behind them, actually Newcastle now and and they may be a club who are, who are going to um, to become a force over the next few years. so that that expansion might possibly work out but but this is just an, another blow really for for rugby league's um, development outside the, the so-called heartlands, the m sixty two corridor. And as I keep saying, it's, it's a sad day. It was a sad day for the sport, really. But I'm I'm glad I'm not going to be having to make decisions about what happens next year because I just I just don't know what what the answer is. I, it could be very difficult for for Toronto to continue as a Super League club having not finished um, not finished this season. But if if they're relegated, and obviously that we've said that there's no relegation from Super League this year, but if if they're not admitted to the competition next year, what happens to them, whether they can continue, I honestly don't
0: know. Yeah, I think one of the ironies, just as you were talking there, Peter, that struck me about Toronto is that at the outset, you would have probably said, this is completely mad. It it can't possibly work that a bloke can set up a team in Canada, which has no rugby league heritage really at all. You know, a little bit of rugby union heritage, but mainly, you know, ice hockey and their own sports. Uh, that they're going to enter the lowest uh, division of of rugby league uh, with a brand new team, try and get into the top flight, pay for it all themselves, uh, and make a success of it. You, you know, you would have been, you know, from the start, the cynic would have said they've no chance of doing that, and I don't agree with it. But ironically they did do it, they did all that and they got in and they financed it all and, and unfortunately for them, COVID, as much as anything, has, has proved their undoing. I, I've no doubt the the man behind it still, has, and has insists, he's still got the money to finance the club and to run the club and I'm sure if they could have got through this season, they'd have, they'd have gone on for good but now you fear that they've probably burnt a lot of bridges with the RFL and they may think if they get relegated one or two divisions, What's the point? You know, we've been through all that once. Why should we go through it again? And, you know, it, it is sad. And, and with, you know, other club that came to mind, while well, you were speaking, Paris, you know, the, that was the first Super League game, wasn't it? I think against Sheffield that yeah. they tried to um, establish a team there. And Sheffield themselves, I think they became Shuddersfield at one bit, didn't they? they, they those two clubs yeah. merged. So, you know both in the heartlands and without clubs, have run into trouble and somehow survived. And my own team, Wakey, as we've said many times, have, have, have pulled it off more than months, including the example you've just cited there. So it's always a, a difficult balancing act. There's n- never much money in rugby league, as we keep saying each week. And to keep the 12 teams going, which was the sort of pledge of all the clubs, wasn't it? At the, at the start of this thing, we all want to get through to... November or the end of COVID, whenever that might be, and still have a 12 team competition that can play next year. And now, you know, do the rugby league suck it up and say, okay, then Toronto, you, you can come back, but any more problems and you're gone for good? Or do they say to Featherstone and Lee, and, you know, like they've suggested with this knockout tournament, maybe the winners of that could apply for a Super League place uh, you know meeting various financial and ground criteria i don't know Uh, as i've said on this program many times it's another problem that i'm glad i don't have to solve because uh, you know the whole thing is a mess again but i can't imagine that the tv companies or the clubs would want a lopsided uh, super league competition by that mean an odd number you know somebody having a bye every week or not playing you know, the likes of the big guns like Wigan and Leeds and Saints and that, you can't imagine them sat kicking the heels for one weekend every so often through the rounds, can you, to to make it up? Interesting there that you mentioned about Newcastle as well. Uh, again, the Gates had could be mentioned, but this new one, I, th- I believe they play at Kingston Park, which is the home of the Falcons, the rugby Union side, and... Uh, Claire Boulding, the, the new RFL president who was appointed last week, was saying she was hoping to spread the news of rugby league on the back of a successful World Cup and the first game of the World Cup is up there England playing at Samoa at St James's Park and you just wonder maybe that would, would give the game a lift up there, I know that you know, both the uni and what was the polytechnic the University of Northumbria have got rugby league teams and You know, I think there's quite a bit of interest up there. It may may well be a goer, and it's not too far from the heartlands to make it financially viable as well in the longer term.
1: There, there are um, there are ambitions in Newcastle at at the Newcastle club to to um, to become a Super League side in the not too distant future. There's there's no doubt about that. Yeah, spending money on, on building a decent team up there. Um, It it may be in a a growth area. Yeah, there are um, routes being put down up there and and Newcastle, as you say, it's it's not too far away from um, the majority of clubs. It'd be be nice to have a a Super League club in the North East again. Obviously, the Magic Weekend was going to be there this year. It's going back next year. Then this is the World Cup, so there's two Major events in in Newcastle next season, and, and some good things could maybe happen up there. But you sort of get to the stage when you've you've been around the sport for for a while and seen these these development clubs come and go away. You, you just sort of you despair of, of it ever working out.
0: Yeah, really. Just the insular nature of the sport at times is is just so depressing that.
1: The fact that some people are celebrating Toronto's demise is is not is a uh, good look. Yeah. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah, it's, all uh, nice. um, it's it's a shame. I'd be interested to see what happens to the players that have have been lined up to go to Toronto and the players that are on their books now. We understand, obviously, there have been visa issues. That was another problem. Yes, for them um, players. Been in this country a while their visas have expired. Obviously, they were expecting to be playing games in in Toronto by now, and and have been based in this country, and that's caused a problem. Um, looks sounds like one or two NRL clubs are looking at Sonny Bill Williams. Um, I'm sure he'll be able to find a deal somewhere. they probably not on the money he was on that at Toronto, and he's he's been a disappointment playing wise, no doubt. About that, he's not found his feet in um, in Toronto side or, or in Super League. Um, be interesting to see how it works out if he does get a club and and what sort of deal that would be. But as I've mentioned in the Evening Post a few times, Stevie Ward and Richie Marlowe were being lined up for Toronto, yeah. among others. So, what happens to them for next year? That the RFL's list of which players have been offered new contracts for next year, came out last weekend, and no offer had been made by Leeds to Ward or Milo, which is because everyone at Leeds thinks they're going to, um, to Toronto. Yeah. So I wonder whether there will be any scope for maybe them to speak to Leeds and, and perhaps to stay on. I think they'd have to be on less money than, than they're on now or less money than they would have been getting from Toronto. But it's a difficult situation for them. The players haven't done anything wrong and, and their futures, which they thought were settled, and are now back up in the air. Same for, for Callum Watkins. His wife um, was being quite vocal on social media last night, expressing her dismay and, and anger, I think it's probably fair to say, about what's happened. And you can't blame her, no. can you? Not at all. You know, these are livelihoods we're, we're talking about. And It's not just a game; it's it's people's livelihoods. And just feel for everybody who's who's in a in a difficult situation now, through um, through no fault of their own.
0: Uh, I agree entirely with all of that, Peter. And of course, Brian McDermott as well, someone who's are you know, very familiar with, the former dry Rhinos coach, who's the coach of Toronto. And um, I was just going to ask you regarding Toronto themselves. Is it a case that when they play in blocks of games, so they spend so much time in the UK and play some games, and then go back in in the normal circumstances, obviously, and then go back to Canada for a while and play some games and train and live over there, or are they based in the UK all the time and just go to Canada for their home matches?
1: No, there were, there were going to be blocks of matches in
0: in Canada. Right. Um, so that's how it's how it's worked, and obviously that's what the the visas were. Yes. Based on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's. But they I, can't, they can't not
1: cost them, cost them a problem.
0: Yeah, because the players who've got a visa to uh, play every so often in the UK, but not to live in the UK, is it? They they can do it for work purposes. Yeah, but not effectively. Yeah, yeah. 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 I see. Yeah. So that was an another headache, and I think that they said with the visa people, they were already running a small squad, weren't they? Anyway, or smaller than most clubs because they've gone up to the. Uh, salary cap limit, even with Sonny Bill Williams being a marquee player, so he wasn't included in it. And I noticed last weekend uh, Wakefield signed Liam Kaye, didn't they, from Toronto, obviously somebody else that were getting off their books on loan and then on a two-year deal uh, from the start of next season. So obviously juggling and trying to make the numbers add up all the time there and bringing one player in and letting one player go and so on. And you can understand, I mean, Callum came back from Australia, didn't he, for this opportunity? So you can understand his partner's fury. And and Callum's as well, no doubt. He no doubt thought he was going to swap one life for the other. And, and now he's being left in limbo.
1: Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, he came, the reason he came back from the NRL was, well, it was personal reasons. His, his father was, was ill, as I understand it. But obviously, he thought he'd got himself sorted out. And now that's that's up in the air, he's a rugby player, he wants to play, yep. the, the, I'm just, I'm sure it's the same for, for players in the, the lower divisions, they want to be playing, but, slightly different, when you're a full-time, Super League player, and that's, that's what you do, for your livelihood, it's, it's difficult, I mean, I don't know whether those players will be on the market now, or whether, they could, they could be loaned out to, to other clubs, or, or what will happen there, but, um, worrying times for them. I mean, players of Callum's quality will find another club, I should imagine. But this this isn't the best of times to be looking, really, no. because everybody... Clubs have taken pay cuts now. Um, budgets for next year, obviously, are, are being dealt with, and it's, it's going to be difficult to find spots... Um, for all these players
0: who, who could be coming on, on the market, it's not an ideal time to be to be looking, to be honest. No, just uh, going on there from the wage cuts, I know we've spoken in the last couple of weeks about clubs who hadn't hadn't agreed terms with their players, and I noticed Wakefield did at the back end of last week. And I think there's just... Uh, is it Wigan left now to uh, agree a deal with their... Uh, players now peter i think all the other 11 teams are 10 teams as now be
1: yeah
0: yeah so I, so everybody should be back in training and and ready to go for august the 2nd that's that's one positive there shouldn't be any more disputes of that nature building up hopefully there's no more uh, things hiding in cupboards that are going to jump out in the next couple of weeks either um, just finally then today, Peter, just on a, on a brighter note, another step towards the World Cup in 2021, uh, the announcement of the fixtures today. Um, England, three games to start off with, uh, and one that we mentioned there earlier, uh, against Samoa at St James's Park on the 23rd of October. And what, One thing I would say about Newcastle, which I meant to mention back at the time when we were talking about them, was... I went to Polly up there many years ago, and one of the things is a lot of people from sort of the north of England rugby league towns do go up to Newcastle. And also, some of them, including some of my friends, have stayed and lived there afterwards, who are big rugby league fans. So, that, that may give rugby league a better chance up there than most areas. In that, I know you know, my friends have been to watch uh, Gateshead and you know, introduced other people from up there to the game as well. So it may, you know, a pack St James's Park, they love the sport up there. don't they? I know it's mainly a Newcastle, Newcastle United and football, but I'm sure they like their cricket as well. And I'm sure that a lot of people would will be willing to give Rugby League a try, especially if the World Cup goes up there and the spin off from that, you know, with the big crowds and, and, and interest. And then. Yeah,
1: I think, that's, I think that's right. I think Newcastle's a good place to staged the opening game and the city's embraced rugby league whenever we've been up there for the, for the magic weekend yes, you go to Newcastle and you feel welcome which isn't always the case at, at other cities that have,
0: that have staged one off matches or occasional rugby league matches yeah. so yeah and, and it's a good stadium as well it? it's a, a terrific place to hold uh, to hold the opener it is and then just the other two games it said uh, England and France at Bolton the following Saturday and then Bramall Lane-Sheffield getting a game on the 6th of November against Greece, uh, which I suspect may be a, um, a, a make-up of a few, well, Michael Karkidis we talked about the other week, Su- Super League and Australian players of, of Greek origin, I'm sure, uh, may not t- be as one-sided as it might appear on paper when you think, well, you know, what's Greece and Rugby League? But, you know, I'm sure they'll have some good players lined up by the time the tournament comes round. Uh, again, Sheffield City we've got a rugby league team there which could do with a boost, I'm sure. And they'll be hoping, I'm sure, for some spin-offs and some extra interest maybe on the back of England playing at Sheffield United's ground.
1: Yeah, it's, a, I mean, it's still quite a while away, isn't it? But it's, it's exciting that these fixtures are being announced and things are being put into into place
0: and i think the organization sort of 16 months or whatever it is out from the, the tournament's been very good yes um, i think full credit to everybody who's
1: involved in rugby League woke up 2021 for for what they're doing so far and, and the amount of publicity they're managing to generate the professional nature in which uh, everything's being handled it's it's
0: really encouraging and very much looking forward to the tournament. Indeed, just a couple more fixtures. I must mention, Peter, the England women. They start headingly against Brazil on the 9th of November, and then the wheelchair players they're in action for the first time on Wednesday, the eleventh of November, at the Copper Box in London, which I think is one of the old Olympic venues, and I think it's been used for wheelchair rugby league before. I think I'm right in saying. Um, so you know, everybody's get those dates in the calendars and something good to look forward to hopefully at the end of the next season yeah it's nice to,
1: have, to finish today showing a bit of a, a positive note because it it's, it's not all been good news <laughs> I as it, it but, hasn't. Um, but yeah that's something something to look forward to and um, it's nice that the excitement's building for it already
0: I'm sure we'll come back to that in future weeks as well, Peter, as as you say, they've been very good in the way that they're slowly but surely rolling out the details for the Rugby League World Cup of the organisers. I've been impressed by the things I've seen and read so far as well and the publicity that they're getting into the papers and the media in general. And uh, hopefully that will will continue. They've certainly got some good games and some excellent venues lined up as well. And obviously plenty of planning going in now, which will pay off when the actual tournament is on, I'm sure. So on that note, I think uh, very busy and in a lot of ways sad week for rugby league. Um, I think we'll call it a draw there. Hopefully Toronto can get their issues sorted out and their disagreements with the governing bodies worked through in time for the 2021 season. And I'm sure it'll be subject myself and Peter will be returning to over the weeks ahead but for now we'll uh, call it a draw with the usual reminder you can get the very latest rugby league news from Peter's twitter feed at peter smith my own at richard byron yep or the yorkshire evening Posts at yep sports desk or our website uk for the very latest sport and rugby league news, the latest on the coronavirus and all that's happening across the area. So for now, it's just for me to say thanks very much indeed to Peter for all his time and comments as usual and his great insight. And hopefully we'll be back again soon.